This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. I want to read something and then we're going to go into a, a quick story and we'll break the story apart. But the title of my message today is Hungry for More. Real quick, just ask your neighbor, are you hungry for more? How many of you know it's, it's not easy to be hungry for something you don't like? Right? Like if I, if I start speaking to you about your table at home right now, on there is some really fresh green broccoli with some cut up spinach that's raw, with no butter, but maybe some mushrooms that haven't been cooked yet, and, uh, and some Brussels sprouts that are on the table. There we go. How many of you get hungry? How many of you are like, yes, can't wait to get home for that? <laughs> okay, but now if I say, if I say there's this roast chicken and it's been like deep fried on the outside and it's so juicy, it's come from like, it's come from one of those road runners that didn't run too much. And it's, it's like, it's so juicy and there's, there's f- fresh potatoes with like thick butter and amazing gravy and there's, uh, you know, there's like those, um, what are they called? Cook sisters? No, what is it? Yorkshire puddings. Sheesh. And, 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 and fresh green vegetables. And then after that, there's just gonna be this cherries jubilee with fresh cream. And it's gonna be just an amazing, like, um, you know, trilogy of cherries and chocolate and ice cream. Like, now all of a sudden you just start going, man, we need to leave church now. Just, just check with your wife if you're in here, say, babe, is that what we're having today? Like, is that, are we gonna live up to the par real quick? Just check, just check with your wife. It's cool. I, I did before I came. <laughs> but how, how many of you know we can't be hungry for what we don't want? So I'm going to read this passage real quick. Um, Romans 8 verse 22 in the Passion Translation, it says, To this day we are aware of the universal agony and groaning of creation, as if it were having contractions for childbirth, waiting for the full manifestation of the sons of God, being included in our bodies and in our minds and everything being transformed. How amazing is this picture? Real quick, go to Ephesians 1. When you get to Ephesians 1, say, yes, I'm here. Ephesians 1 verse 5. How many of you know that God is so good? And when we think about the goodness of God, we start to hunger after the goodness of God. Ephesians 1 verse 5 says, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. How amazing is that? He predestined us to the adoption of sons according to his kind intention. And then it says later on in that passage that we would inherit and feel the full richness of his grace. How many of you want to see the fullness of God working in your life? Okay, real quick, how many of you want to see the halfness of God working in your life? Or like the quarter? Okay, so one of the things I like to do is to push the boundaries, right? And one of the things, uh, a few years ago, I took a bunch of people cliff jumping. And what cliff jumping is, it's very simple, it's exactly what it is, you jump off a cliff. um, And you you land in water. And so we took guys who'd never been cliff jumping before in in their lives. Just check with your neighbor, have you been cliff jumping? Just... We know, we know some of the youth have, that was fun. 
So we took these guys and we're, we're on the way there and it's about two hours from, from the city and we're going out and there's about 20 of us and we're not really, we, we were assuming everyone can swim. So we climb up this cliff and we, we get there, we get out the car, we climb up this cliff and it's crystal clear blue water. So almost so clear that you're not really sure when it's gonna end when you jump off. And we climb this 13 meter sort of about as high as the ceiling, maybe a bit lower, 13 meter cliff. And we're all at the edge, and we're like, we, we want more, right? We want to experience this adrenaline. So a few of us jump off first, and it's great, and everyone screams, and we're, we're, we're enjoying basking in the sun, uh, you know, kind of circling around at the bottom. And then one of these guys gets up, and I'm not gonna say his name, we'll just call him, we'll call him Tafadzwa for now. So Tafadzwa gets up and he's like, hey, he's the last one. We're all waiting. We're like, come on, jump. Come on, jump. It's amazing. You're going to love it. And he, he gets up and goes, okay, guys, but hey, I can't swim. 13 meters, depths of probably 30 meters in the water, and you can't swim. No, we know he's joking. Get out of here. Just jump, stop giving excuses. No, no, but guys, I can't swim. Nah, get out of here, mate. Tafadzwa, we know you can swim. You're not, you're not standing on the edge of a cliff if you can't swim. Yeah. So he jumps and we're cheering. Well done, Taf, great. He jumps, he falls in and we're just, we're cheering all of us at the bottom, all 19 of us. And then we're like, hey, hey. Where, where's Taff? <laughs> so we had to, we, we swam down, me and Dan, grabbed him by the, like the two arms, had to fi like find, it. luckily he didn't sing too much. We grip him and we pull him on this little tube and he's like, <gasps> you know how, <laughs> like coughing. <laughs> and, and, and we're like, what happened? He's like, I told you guys, I can't swim. So why did you jump? <laughs> and, and, and again, his answer is very interesting. He's like, because you said so. I was like, Lord, thank you for your grace. Because how does that work? Pastor takes people cliff jiving and they, someone dies. And, and so, so afterwards, I was like, so why did you jump, mate? He's like, I jumped because I trusted you who were waiting for me. And I was like, man, how, how, how often do we jump without saying, God, we don't know how to do everything, but because you've said jump, I'm going to jump. And I may not trust my ability, and I may not trust the water that could suck me under, and I may not even trust this cliff, but when I do, what I do trust is your voice saying, come deeper and I got your back. You see, we don't hunger for what we don't like. This guy knew he could trust me. We don't hunger for what we don't trust, you know. And, 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 and the question that we have today in our, in our lives, in Zimbabwe, at this massive sort of transition period is, do we want more of God? Are we hungry for his presence? Are we hungry to not just know him conceptually, but are we hungry to see his power move in us and work through us? Just turn to your neighbor and say, would you jump if you didn't know how to swim?
Are you hungry for more? Okay, real quick, let's go to Luke 14 verse 16. And when you get there, again, just give me a heads up that you're there so I know how to start. We can only be hungry for what we want more of. It's very hard to be hungry for something we're not sure of. And how, how many of you know just that scripture that says, he predestined us to the adoption of sons. I heard someone say this, it's amazing that we're adopted because how many of you know adoption doesn't happen by mistake? Like you don't wake up one day and be like, oh wow, we have two new adopted children. How did they get here? We're not sure. God predestined us, reached after us and said, I am intentionally making you part of my family. How incredible is that? But do we know God from the standpoint of, I know when I jump, I know you're gonna be there to catch me. You know, growing up in church and hearing a bunch of different things, one of the things that I struggled with was conceptually understanding who God was or who God is as, a, as God the general in heaven. And, and in this nation, we, we know what, you know, an army general is and, uh, we also know what it, what it means to have someone who, who, who holds power for a long time. And so, so sometimes we think of God as God our general who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Or God our dictator who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we're waiting to be told by God what to do instead of jumping closer to him. You see, when I hang out with my son, He's not hanging out with me constantly to get instruction. He's not like, hey, dad, tell me what to do right now. Okay, well, let's walk. Okay, now what? Okay, well, let's walk some more. Um, now what? We're going to go into the store. No, he hangs out with me, and he just does what I, does, what, what I do, and he just hangs with me because he wants to be with me. Out of the desire to be connected with each other comes the understanding of God's heart. So when we think about God as general or dictator, how are we hungry for more of that? Because we're just like, just tell us what to do for the year and then we'll come back later and just connect with you for the next year. Like, what's my word for 2018? Thank you, Lord. Appreciate that. Um, our general Lord in heaven, I will check in with you after this year is complete. But God's like, I don't want to tell you what to do. I want to be with you on the journey. Okay, so, so, so we're gonna read the scripture real quick. Just say, just say to your neighbor, let's go. Okay, um, Luke 14, verse 13. It says, he went on to say to his disciples and all he had invited, the people who invited him, he was having dinner and he wasn't eating broccoli, I'm pretty sure. When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, otherwise they will invite you in return and that will be your repayment. Interesting, right? He says, but instead, when you give a reception, invite the poor to your home, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed, for they don't have a means to repay you, but you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When those who were reclining at the table with him heard this, he said to them, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. How often are we strategizing for our blessing? If we invite these people over and I make sure that person feels good, then maybe there'll be some sort of turnaround. Then he goes on to say this. 
But he said to them, a man was giving a big dinner and he invited many at that dinner and he sent a slave to, to, to those who had been invited. Come, everything is ready now. But they all began to make excuses. The first one said, I have bought a piece of land and I need to go out and look at that. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have bought five oxen and I am trying them out. Please consider me excused. Another one said, I have, married, I have a married wife. Hey, come on. <laughs> I have a married wife. She's quite demanding. My wife's not. She's amazing. But this person, it's a big excuse. And for that reason, I cannot come. And the slave came back and reported this to the master. Then the head of the household became angry and he said to his slave, go out once more into the streets, into the lanes of the city, bring here the poor, the crazy, the crippled, the blind, the lame, the people who are hungry for something more than they have. And the slave said, master, what you've told me has been done, I've done it, but there's still room. And the master said, go now everywhere, everywhere behind the hedges, in the highways, so that my house might be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited initially taste of my kingdom what do we have here we have three different kinds of people we have the people who were asked in the beginning the invited guests how many of you know there's an invitation from the Lord to experience more of him and 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 this parable is not one of we're not really sure what's going to be at that dinner like it might be those Brussels sprouts and those those uh you know I don't like Brussels sprouts but it might be those Brussels sprouts and the, uh, uh, the raw broccoli. But we know in this passage, this master is the king of kings. This is Jesus setting a table. And you know what's on that table? The most amazing things you can think about. We have spit lamb. Lamb on a spit, not spit lamb. Lamb on a spit. We have thick ribeye steaks that have been like grilled. We have, we have hope. We have love. We have mercy. And when we sit at this dinner table, God has said, I know your heart. I have made you. I have, I have asked you to become my sons. And what I have prepared for you will blow your mind. You will see my power by eating this. And what does Jesus say? The, 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 to, do the, to do the will of my father. To do it with him is my food. So he's saying, come into this new banquet. Please come. The invite is open. Right now, God's telling you the invite is open to experience more of him. The invite is open for more miracles happening in your life. The invite is open for more power to be working through you. The invite is open. And so it's, this is not a bad dinner deal. You know those dinner deals where you arrive and you're like, they're like, hey, is this nice? And you're like, it's a lot of food. This is not one of those. This is the best of the best that Jesus prepared in this parable for people to come. And he's asking the people who believe in him first. How many of you know it's not enough to believe? He goes and invites the people who know of him. And he's like, hey, you, you know who I am. I'm the master. I'm the person who's preparing this dinner. Why don't you come? And every single time, the people who are invited say, I don't, I, I've got stuff to do. I've got things to, I've got, I've, I've got my wife. And God's like, but, but, but I've prepared this banquet for you. We're not hungry for what we don't trust. And they look at this invitation as some sort of skeptical thing, like, well, I don't know if that's gonna be worth my time. You know how much I have to do? I have oxen, mate. I have houses, bro. Like, I can't come. 
So how many of you know that it's not, it, just tell your neighbor, it's not enough to believe. God is wanting us to have more of him. So, so just, just think about this. this. This is probably a misplaced identity because if, if, if they trusted the master and this banquet, they are saying, I will do anything I can to be there and spend time with you. I will do anything I can to recline at the table with you, master, because I know your heart. I know that you're not setting me up to lose out on anything, but you're actually setting me up to experience more of your heart, your presence, your mercy, your grace, your hope, and this is incredible. But again, we're at the edge of that cliff, and the invite's there. By the way, Tafazo said that was the best moment of his entire life. But so often we're trying to figure this out. We're like, well, I don't know. I've got stuff to do. You know what? I'm familiar with this deal here. And and I don't think what I'm going to get at this dinner table is going to be worth my time from taking away from my busy life. And so so, so we have three different kinds of people. We have the believers. Everyone say believers. These people didn't say, I don't believe the master exists. I don't think the table exists. In fact, I don't even think he's having a dinner. They said, hey, yes, but I've got stuff that I need to do. You see, Jesus never died for a belief system. And how often when we go out and we're talking to people, we're the believers. Hey, uh, and, and I used to be like this. Hey, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. Good, we're on the same page, you and me, baby. Baby meaning both male and female. If, if, I, if, we're, if we just believe and we stop at the point of belief, then we miss out on his power and the fullness that he has for us. So these guys believed and they said, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's it. We know it's there, but we don't want to partake. What invitation does God have for you where he's saying, I've prepared something so amazing for you You may have to stop doing a few things. You may have to put a few things on the side, but when you jump into this, you're gonna experience my glory in a whole new way. We had, um, there was a a hospital down the street and a few of our team uh, from from the young class who lead the youth with Dennis and Cephas, they went into the hospital and they just started laying hands on people. And the first time the guys were like, and it's like, "Ah, do we go? Like, is that gonna be awkward? Are people gonna want us to come and lay hands on the sick in the hospital? It's bad for business if it works. And they go in, and the next time they come up and they're like, guys, you won't believe it. So many people got healed and they left the hospital. And the hospital's losing money. And you're like, okay, but that's the invitation God gives us. If you jump to my table and you come and you trust me, and you're not about, Lord, what do you want me to do? What's my next step? But you're saying, God, I want to be with you. I want to come and feast with you. We won't understand the things that we can taste. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But but we have to respond to the invitation. How many of you know that, again, so many of them believed. They believed in the master. They knew he existed. No one questioned the belief. In Zimbabwe, no one's questioning the belief of Jesus. Not many people, anyway. People are like, yeah, we know God. We know Jesus is great. Okay, but what about the power that he wants to give you at the table when you respond to his invitation, not just to get to know him, not, not just to get to see him, but to get to know him intimately. God showed me that Harari means city that doesn't sleep, right? And so often we can get so busy 
with what we feel like we have to accomplish instead of reclining with our Father at the table and saying, God, show me your fullness. Show me the taste that's going to blow my mind. Show me what you have for this generation. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, are you hungry? You see, it's, it's, it's never about a belief. Um, I just need one volunteer, real quick. One, one guy. One guy. Come up with me, real quick. How many of you are, so it's, Jesus didn't die for a belief system. He, he died for the way. The way in which we should live. So, uh, okay, so here, here's my light. Here's my light of Christ. And, and your name is, sir? Uh, Manasha. This is Manasha. Everyone say, hi, Manasha. He said hi. <laughs> so how many of you know that God gives us this light, right? He says, this is the light that I found and that the word is a lamp into our feet in the way that we should go, right? And so often we deduce our intimacy with the Lord as, well, as long as you believe, then you're cool. Like, I'm just gonna kind of back out there. So the way that we interact with people is this. We go, we go, Menashe, do you know the Lord? Just say no. No. Well, let me show you him. See that? See that light? You, you see that light? Do you see the light? That is his light, baby. Like, you need to follow the light. Do you see the light? Do you believe? Do you believe? Just say you believe. I believe. You believe. Okay, good. Okay, good. Have a nice day, sir. You make sure you follow that light. No, no, get back up here. Get back up here. It's not about a belief. I, I used to feel so convicted, like I just got to get them to say they believe. Hey, so do you, uh, you love the Lord, huh? No, no, I don't. Well, just say it. And then you're like, he's like, I don't want to. You're like, just say it. Just say you love the Lord. It's like, okay, I love the Lord. Okay, good. Bye. Just good, Lord. Thank you. But that's not what, he's, he's like, I want you to be with me. You are my sons. I don't, I'm, we're not just there to receive instruction or just to be like, God, I hope I'm in your good books. He's like, I am with you all the days of your life, even to the ends of the earth. So when I meet Munashe, I'm not like that. And, I, and, I, and sometimes we go like this, which is, you know, the dim light, the, the flickering light, right? It's like sometimes on, sometimes off. And we're like, sometimes we're like, we understand what God's saying. Sometimes we're moving in his presence, we're moving in faith, but then sometimes we're not. And then people get confused. They're like, I don't know if I like that light. That's like a distracting light. But instead of being just off and on and shoving this light into his face, you see that? You see God's love? That is crazy. We say, let me show you the way. You see where that was dark? Look at that. You see that was sickness? Look at that. Look at what God's doing there. Come, let's follow Follow me. See that was there where it was dark? Look at that. Look at this light. This is the light of Christ. All the way back to your seat, sir. <laughs> so God is not interested in us in just lip service. And we know in our hearts, we can't stop at lip service. We know that. We want to see his power. We want to see and sit at the table and eat of this amazing meal that he's prepared for us. But sometimes we have to go when we're not actually sure exactly what it's going to be. And sometimes, most times, every time, we have to pick up our own cross. And sometimes that's not easy. But the joy of understanding who we are in Christ as sons and daughters makes it all worth it. Because we know 
that he's not gonna let us drown when we jump off a cliff. We're not gonna go to that banquet and be disappointed in the meal selection. We're not gonna be disappointed in the conversation. Sometimes we may not go to the banquet because we've heard so-and-so is gonna be there from church in row number 13. So we know that guy. I don't really like the way that he worships. We didn't really gel, but God's like, man, I have done something and I prepared something for you. Come. How amazing is that? But when we have misplaced identity, we begin to question the invitation. So we're like, well, I don't know if I'm really, I don't know if he's really my father. And we start to question his invitation of like, well, if I lay hands on this person, what if they don't recover? Like Lynx was talking about today, your words, sowing seeds of thorns. If I go into the hospitals, what if nothing happens? And God's like, do you trust that I've laid a table before you? That when you step out, you will have so much goodness and mercy and joy and you will experience my power, not only my power, but you will experience me in a whole new way. Some of us are like, God, we wanna see more of you. And God's like, start having prayer meetings in your business before every day. Start praying for the salvation of those in your company. Start laying hands on the sick. Have a, have a, have a healing service in your company. And start, start rustling some people up. But, but, we're like, but we're saying, God, you've given me the invitation, but I'm a bit skeptical. We're not skeptical of, we're not really skeptical of ourselves. We, we end up becoming skeptical of him. Because we're like, I don't know if you know what you're doing with that dinner. How incredible is that? Church, God wants us to taste the goodness. And in order for us to taste the goodness, we have to take his word as done deal. If we lay hands on the sick, they recover. Ah, but I don't, no, 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 we just said no to the invitation. Go speak to that person about their marriage life. God shows you a picture. They need help. Yeah, but um, I know they're a believer, so they're cool. No, God's like, you want to see my power? Go start speaking to them. I've given you a word of prophecy over their life, and you're going to start tasting my goodness. None of us just want to believe. We want to experience his banquet. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting hungry. Say, please save some for me. You see, you see when, when we grab our identity based on what people are saying, based on our skepticism, here's what can happen. I was part of a rugby team at a school I won't mention. And our pep talk before every game, because we were a bad team, guys. Our pep talk before every game from the coach was, let's just not try to lose too bad, eh? That was like the big go out there. Just don't lose too badly. We never even had a conversation about winning. Now I've done sports and I've, and, and, and I, I've, I've had a good sports, you know, whatever, high school sort of stint. But in this particular, specific, in this specific team, the riled up thing was, hey, just know your identity is a little bit subpar than every team we're playing. So you never even thought about winning. And how often is our identity like God, we're just here to be told what to do. We're just here to make sure we tick all the boxes and God's like, I want you to come closer to me. 
This is not about a dictatorship. This is not about me being a general and you being slaves. This is about me working with you, showing you the way, walking with me as I walked with Jesus. This is about us hearing the Holy Spirit and saying, God, what would you want to do today? How could we see your glory? But as long as we question the invitation, we don't taste his goodness. And I'm like, this is amazing. God wants us to taste that. Um, how many of you have been asked by God to do something crazy before? Just real quick. Most of us should raise our hands because God's in the habit of that, right? How, how many of you respond this way? If you could just play that, that, that short little, this is what ends up happening. God, God, God's like, hey, go, go lay hands on that person. You're like, yeah. And, and it's weird how, and I don't know if you've noticed, but it's like we like destruction after the fact. I was sitting having dinner or lunch and there was a whole bunch of commotion downtown and I saw this man try and run across the street and this commuter omnibus hit him, bam. And he, he, he flew into the air, fell on the hard concrete ground, dead instantly. And you would have thought there was a celebrity downtown because everyone loves it after the fact. Oh man, it's too late. Let's see this. You, you've seen it when there's crashes on the road. You see, what happened? Is there blood? Are there body bags? We get very interested after the fact, but God's like, I want to in intercept the power of death and I want to intercept the power of the enemy. So don't get fascinated by it after the fact. Get fascinated by my presence before the fact because there are dead people walking around this entire nation that are just wondering, Lord, we just wanna see your presence. God, we wanna see more of you. We wanna see your love. Does your love exist? And they're dying on the inside and we walk past them and only when they die in real life do we go, well, that's fascinating, isn't it? God wants us to taste his fullness. And there's nothing more tasteful than when you see his power work through you to touch someone else. And you go, wow, God, you are blowing my mind. I jumped off that cliff and you saved me because I thought, I, I, I wasn't sure, but I trusted you. I didn't trust my ability. I trusted your ability and I trusted your father heart towards me. Come on, tell somebody, he's preaching a little better than, than last time. Just, just. <laughs> Come on. You see, identity is key. We, we can't give what we don't have. How, how many of you want to be, how many of you would like to go out into the streets and say, hey, come be part of Christianity. All you have to do is believe and then you're kind of a slave to a religion. Everyone's like, ah, I don't know about that. Like, hey, come, because, and, and, and if you don't do this, God, it's like, man, actually, there's such, something much bigger than that. It's that you are adopted as sons and daughters to the most high. That doesn't make sense to us, guys. Like, we have to have a revelation because otherwise, inheritance doesn't make sense. Check this out. If we don't see ourselves as sons and daughters, we will never understand inheritance because our concept will be the city that never sleeps. We have to hustle and hustle and hustle in order to get something. But when we rest in his presence and we're at his table, and we're sons and daughters, and he says, I have inheritance for you. Taste and see my goodness. Rest in me. There's a battle for some of our rest. 
so often I talk to people and, I, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, what, what, what's going on in your life? They're like, hey, just hustle, bro. Hustle. What about your rest? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, you've just been so busy, man, working till 10 at night. Okay, what about your rest in him? Because in, our, in, in the place of rest is where we get our identity anchored. God, I'm in your presence. That's why when we have worship services, God, we're in your presence. Continue to show me who you are, not what to do. I used to be hung up on, on what, what do I do now? Just tell me what to do, please. And he's like, just know me. Know me as your father. Come on. Are you hungry? You see, the difference is your hunger has to be greater than your excuse. Because here the invitation's wide open. But the believers were like, ah, my excuse is bigger than my hunger. And how many excuses do we have when God tells us to step out and invite someone to your home or, or, or lay hands on the sick or see his power move or lay hands on the dead, let's say? We say, well, there's a bunch of excuses that are a little bit more stronger than my hunger at this point. It's pretty amazing. And, and that comes back down to identity. We're not sure, God, you will come through for us. We're not sure of your loving kindness. We're not sure of your power that you, you said you gave to us, but we're still not sure about that. And my God wants to pour out his spirit on this church. And, and I can see it. I see a church that walks in the light, that not just tells people about the light, but shows people the light. I see, pe- I see the church that steps out and where we go into places that no other man goes and we're laying hands on the sick. I see places where we're giving hugs to people that no one would give hugs to and they're, they're feeling a powerful hit from the Father. I see our homes filled with people who we don't even know how they got here. Druggies, but we're just like, God, we're, we're saying yes to your invitation. How many of you say, I want to say yes to the invitation? I want to say yes to the invitation. Come on, let me see your hands. We want to say yes to the invitation. And this is just saying yes to the Lord right now. God, look how many people are saying yes to your invitation. Your hunger's got to be stronger than your excuses. You see, it's not a scary place. Many people say, well, if I, if I leave what I'm doing, I'm not sure that it's going to work out there. But how many of you know God's sacrifice, the sacrifice in us, is not too, it's not scary. God's not like, well, be, be ready to make a scary sacrifice. He's like, man, when you sacrifice this, you're gonna taste something incredible because you're gonna taste my power and see, and see heaven open up in a way that you've never seen before. When God gives us a conviction of our sin and we have to put that aside to accept his invitation, that, 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 that conviction is not to condemn us. The conviction is to lead us towards life. Many people say, well, I've got conviction and I, I just kind of want to hide it. But when you say, God, I'm, I'm accepting your invitation. I'm saying no to this distraction. He's like, when you sit at my banquet and you smell the fumes of the stuff that I've prepared and you start tasting and seeing my goodness, you will just continue to hunger for more. You will continue to have a culture of testimony. You'll walk in every week and be like, you know what God's doing right now? You, you, you know, this is a problem but it's gonna be good for us because that's what the word says. 
uh, this might be an issue now, but watch how God comes through because it's a testimony in the making. There might be a sickness here, but watch God get the glory. If it's not good yet, it's not over because God says that everything works out for those who love Him, but so often we're saying no to the invitation. He's like, come, I've done this for you. I've got this amazing banquet and we're like, we've got stuff to do, Lord. It's incredible. God wants to pour His Spirit out and His power out. And then you have the people who were hungry and their hunger was stronger than what they had to do. These are the guys in the highways and byways and you know, when they heard about the invitation, they're just like, this is amazing. This is amazing. I haven't had lamb on a spit in years. I haven't had mercy in years. I haven't had joy in years. I haven't felt God's presence in years, but you're telling me there's a father that loves me and he wants me in his house. He wants me in his church. He wants me to experience his power. Oh my goodness, yes, I'm running. That's why when Jesus said it's hard for a rich man to enter sometimes because we're like, we've got so much to do. The invite is open. The invite is open. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? How many of you say, I want to taste the goodness of the King? I wanna taste the goodness of my Father. None of us are slaves. We are no longer slaves. And I found myself coming into slave mentality where I'm like, okay, Lord, just tell me what to do. And he's like, you just be with me, man. You be with me and I will show you the way because it's not about a belief system. It's about a way of life. When people know you on the streets, then there's a third person. We have the believers, we have the hungry, and then we have the servants who are going out to tell people. How are we telling people about the dinner? Are we saying, hey, you should just come? Or are we describing it to them? Hey, you're sick today. Guess what? At this dinner, there's healing. Hey, you feel like you don't have hope at this dinner? There's so much hope. Hey, you feel like you've lost your way at this dinner? There's so much way. <laughs> How are we talking about the dinner? Because if it's just about a belief system, we'll just be like, do you believe? Yes, okay, good. God wants to see his power poured out in this nation like never before. And it's gonna take us to say, I am accepting your invitation, God. I don't understand how to swim. I don't understand if my ability will make it, but I do know that your ability is bigger than mine. And I do know that your heart towards me is of a son and that you just wanna be around me. And I can call you father every moment of my life. And when I come up against something, I can say, father, help me with this. Dad, help me with this. But we won't attract people if we're just in belief system mode. How many of you say, I wanna see more sick people healed in my workplace? Come on, how many of you say, I wanna see, I wanna see like God break out in song in my company more? How many of you say, I wanna see when I'm walking down the street, I wanna, I wanna get the boldness a little bit more to go lay hands on the sick? How, how many of you say, I wanna see people filled with the Holy Spirit in my family more? How many of you say, I wanna I, I want see God do miracles where he's multiplying my business, like I, I can't even say it was me. How many of you say that I wanna see our politicians kneeling before we have a, a, a speech because they're saying, God, we want your presence. We want your anointing. We want the King of Kings in this room. How many of you wanna see our CEOs get up and say, hey, you know who runs this company is it's us, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if, you, if that's you, just stand up. Say, Lord, I want your invitation. I'm accepting your invitation. 
Say, I'm hungry for your invitation. Who's hungry for his invitation? Because saying, come and taste and see my goodness. Come and taste and see the power of the power of the king, the power of the kingdom. Come on, even those of you watching or just on stream, God wants to, you to accept the invitation. And when he convicts us and he says, hey, I want you to step out into something you're not sure of, we're not like, man, we got excuses. But we're like, we know the table you've prepared for us, God. And we wanna see that happen. Come on, let's just pray. Let's just pray. Just say, Lord, I accept your invitation. Lord, I accept your invitation. Lord, I want to move by your power and by your glory, Lord. I wanna see your kingdom in my heart and in my workplace, in my city, in my home. Lord, help me to know that my identity isn't you alone. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.